Look up there in the sky. It's a bird. A plane. It's Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Those boys are so handsome. One George Harris. One Paul McCartney. One weekly discussion of comics and nerd culture. I am your host, Robbie Dorman, literature geek and writer. I'm your other host, Eric Z. Goodnight, professional artist and illustration nerd. And we are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. You're home for news, reviews, slightly antagonistic banter, and much, much more. This is episode 161. That's a number. It is. Eric, how are you? I'm just ducky. I ate donuts this morning and a lot of pizza yesterday and probably more tonight. Jeez. And also ice cream. Dang. And like a pound of chicken. Dang doodles. <laughs> yes. Dingy dang ding doodles. You got to feed them macros. Mm. I'm, I'm trying to enjoy my birthday weekend. It's true. Happy birthday for podcast. When did you say that? No. That sounded like you had a stroke for a minute. It's not your birthday, technically. I said my birthday weekend. That's, I mean, you you get to choose your birthday weekend, so. I did. You did. You just told me it wasn't, so you tried to take it away. I know. I was saying so it's not your birthday. Screw you. It's not your birthday. I didn't say it was. God damn it. I said it wasn't your birthday weekend. God damn it. What, what is your deal? I like to antagonize you. I thought you knew that. It is in the intro. It is. That we've read 161 times. <laughs> hey, guys. Hey, Hanselmites. Uh, we'll be discussing Marvel's. By Kurt Music and Alex Ross later on. But before we get to that, we have uh, comic books that came out this very week to discuss, to review, to weigh in on, to judge. Mm-hmm. To judge. To adjudicate. To judge Judy. Perfect. Perfect. I was gonna I was gonna make a D and D joke, but you you stole the show on that one. Time to <laughs> time to just move right along. Judge Judy and Executioner. <laughs> exactly. It is time for Weekly Floppies. Weekly Floppies is the part of the show. Eric and I will uh, talk about, judge, <laughs> a selection of this week's books. Tell you to buy or do not buy. There may or may not be a mush meter involved. It goes from one to five, if there is one. If we're feeling mush. Our first book is Detective Comics, number 941. Let's see. Story by Steve Orlando and James Tinian the Fourth. Script by Steve Orlando, Andy McDonald, artist John Rausch, colors Marilyn Patrizio, letters. This is uh, continuing the Night of the Monster Men. Yep, monstering I, it up. I did not. That's and, why they got John Rausch to cover it because he uh, color it because he's a monster. He's a beast. He's ridiculous. I get so angry watching his him lift stuff. I'm like, that's impossible. I think I I don't know if he was joking or not, but he was talking about. Yeah, I have to go to the gym and lift 645 pounds. I'm like, what the hell? That's not a real number. I mean, it is. It is a no, number. It's a real. It's I think not. actually by the mathematical definition, it is a real number. Is it mm, not? No. John Rout just oh. eats cars. And he paints with a lot of pink and purple. I like the pink and purple. It's, pink and purple is really, it's, it's. It's on trend right now. I am welcoming. Mm-hmm. No, it's a good call, I think. I I enjoy Gotham Girl ripping apart monsters. 
Dude, that was fun. I I wish I had read. I I need to go back and read it. Um, because she used to have long hair, and then she buzzed her head. I assume because there was a spoiler in there that Gotham got killed. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. it's a little bit more com- complicated than than that so simple statement. Well, but yes. Well, it says that he's dead now. He is dead. I'm not gonna. I'm not debating I'm that. I'm sure she grief cut her hair. S- sort of. Yeah. That's part of it. There's it, again, it is complicated. Mm. But she's a very. I really like her as after reading through that first arc of Batman, and I. She's pretty awesome in this. Yeah, and I like this. Hey, like all a team working as a team trying to fight these yeah. monsters and stuff. It's good. It's fun. It, James Tenyon is a a very good writer too. So it's cool to see him working with Steve Orlando on this. That's. This is this has been a good team up as well. Orlando, Tom King, and James Tenyon. That's that makes me happy to see them like talent. Like here, let's not just make grody Bat Dad comics. I like, very, I like this. It makes me happy. Very little Batman in this, honestly. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's I, mean, a, I, I was going to say I don't have a bat, a problem with Batman per se, but like all these other characters, they managed to make them super interesting. Yeah, I'm. I'm all. I like this event. Yes, this is this is fun. I mean, it. It's so weird that it can just be a a comic about just beating up and killing monsters, and it doesn't like. I don't know. Like, there's enough groundwork that I can let myself enjoy it. Yeah. I don't know what why that works. Why like this makes me happy and like Sinestra Core makes me like want to throw the book down i i just i want i don't well seeing people work together Mm. and they're against a common cause that is just an evil monster there's a there's a a hugo strange in in here but he's uh the kind of the puppet master you know he's not doing he's not the the monsters themselves i don't know it i think it's better written than sinister core war i think these characters are much more like you said it is mainly about like punching monsters and stuff, but mm-hmm. I, I, all these characters are more, I'm, I am more interested in Gotham Girl and Nightwing and Batwoman and Clayface. I care more about any of these characters than any of those lanterns or even, or Sinistro or any of those guys. I don't know. I just, I think the, I've never been much connected to uh, like outer space DC stuff and this, you know, ground level Batman stuff with all these heroes. I'm all aboard. Totally. Bye. Are you are you going somewhere? No, I said I said bye because I'm buying this comic book. I, I mean, I can't I, believe a it took me 161 episodes to make that joke. That's that's pretty slow. It, well, it's fine. Yeah, you should buy this book. It's good. I'm I'm mm-hmm. I'm gonna read this and I'm probably gonna get. I imagine I if this event is ever collected, I will purchase the collection as well. I like it. It's a fun. I don't know. It's fun. I think Sinister Core is not it's, fun. It to is. Me. It is a fun. Exactly it is a fun. one fun. It's one metric fun. One metric fun. One metric fun. I mean, he he is in Canada. It is one metric fun. Everything is is metric. They don't for, know what the fuck a quarter pound is. Except for cooking, sometimes they do still use English measurements. I I imagine you could say a mile, and they would understand what the shit you're talking about. Yeah. It can it can be like. I think we're just stuck with two systems of measurement forever. Probably. One one that's dumb and one that's functional that no one knows how to use. Well, no one in America. 
Eh. See, double buy on Detective Comics number 941. Our next book up is Lake of Fire number two, illustrated by Matt Smith, written, colored, and lettered by Nathan Fairburn. Uh, we'd read the first one. We are mostly positive. I think we were. We had. Nit- I some- no. I remembered. I had some strange reservations, and I felt like it kind of derped around too much and had trouble getting to the point. Well, that's why I wanted us to read a second one and see if we yeah. uh, felt the same. No, way. we were. Uh, we were both. I think we were both buys on it. I was certainly. I mean, I, I found it was good. I just felt like there was a little too much dead wood. And this, I mean, you could start with this issue uh, and know pretty much what's going on here. It's awesome. I <laughs> think I, I, I wish that it had started with this issue. It's way more compelling. I mean, you could maybe add two pages to the beginning of this book, and it would be the perfect introduction to the story. It, yeah, I, cru- I, I like this book. Crusaders. What else do you need to say? We go from Batman yeah. fighting monsters to Crusaders fighting monsters. Yes. Yes. Uh, but at the end, who's the real monster? Oh, no. We are the Walking Dead. Oh, uh, man. No, there's nothing in this book that is, is hackneyed as that we are the Walking Dead panel. Oh, no. no. I don't, yeah, I, it's, it's a, it's a, a like a, a blast. It's it, monsters. All the everything happens. Things happen. Monsters. Crazy uh, crusaders. Inquisitor guy. Mean dumb jerk. Inquisitor guy who's probably gonna live longer than you want him to. Mm-hmm. But he's gonna be the only survivor. <laughs> the one guy we hate. He's gonna, he's gonna survive to go live out the Spanish Inquisition. I don't know. It looks sanctioned murder of hundreds of people. I, I like how it looks. I I like the. You're right in that it is not. There's no slow part in this anymore. No. It's, it's like, hey, we're gonna burn someone. Oh, there's monsters. Oh, we're barricading ourselves. There's stabbings. One of these guys mm. can stab through the mouth. The monsters. Oh shit, that's intense. One of the monsters does, or one of the guys does. One of the monsters does. The guy stabs him through the mouth. Pretty intense. It's pretty good. Uh, I don't know. It's it's like, hey, do you like Crusaders fighting weird monster guys? And who doesn't? I That's mean, my favorite genre. It's, it is pretty good. I'm a buy. I like it. <laughs> What's... It is. A little, I don't know. Like monster stories, and it's like a zombie story too. I'm glad that they're mixing it up. I'm. I don't know. I like this book. This was this was unmitigated awesome. It's just. I don't know. It's like it's trying to be a, a different genre, but it's like not brave enough. I don't know. No, Eric, we are. The, we like are the walk. Book. We are the Walking Dead. Come on. Yeah, we are the. We are the Walking Crusade. I'm gonna. I. I'm at least reading this book until that guy gets stabbed. I want to see that the idiot Inquisitor guy get stabbed. Apparently, the word is shave pate. Shave. That's the with that haircut. Yeah. Yeah. Holy man, who cuts the top off his head? Hair, excuse me. His head's still there for now, at least. Yeah, his, his head is still there. Can't wait till it goes. And I hope that we see uh, an unlikely buddy comedy with uh, <laughs> the shave pate and the the no 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 the hair the the, the heresy woman. No, I I want shave pate to die. I don't like him. Well, he can still he can still die. He can die in every episode of that sitcom. So every episode ends just him dying. Yeah, I mean that's. That's what I look for. Oh, okay. Anyway, this book is good, and uh, you, Robbie, should buy it. I already did. I okay. did it so we could read it. That's a good call. 
This book is good. It is good. It's a good comic book. Double buy. It is. It is one good comic book. Lake of Fire number two. Uh, next up is Surgeon X number one, written by Sarah Kenny, art John Watkins, Karen Berger editor, James Devlin colorist, Jerry K. Fletcher on letters. Karen Berger of formerly of Vertigo. Yeah, but I uh, I see that's definitely why you picked this book. And well, it you know the, you don't see editors' names often, like the mm-hmm. third listed name on the cover of a comic book. I don't know. I also saw Karen Gillan mention how he had read it and thought it was good, so I was like, "Hey, we'll check well, it out." I mean, you you know what Karen Berger has worked on? She was Neil Gaiman's editor mm-hmm. when he was doing Sandman. Yes, that's actually why I knew her name, and it does seem like there's been buzz about her return to comics. I don't remember where I read or heard it. Well, she was mentioned in the uh, in the afterword in that the new DC imprint, a young animal. The uh, with what's his, he had mentioned her name, even though she had been fired from DC. So that's a really ridiculous thing. Yeah. It. How do you feel about this comic book? I think it's very good. Okay. You disagree? I think I don't. There's something about it. I, I can't pinpoint it. Like, it just doesn't... I recognize its its quality. Like, mm-hmm. all the parts... All the pieces are good. It's just... I don't I don't know if I can actually... I There's something off with it to me. It just feels like it's... Like it's missing something to hook me or something. I don't know what it is. I like... I, I feel the, like I, this... This book is like all hook to me. I, well, I, I am... I find that remarkable that you, you think that. Well, it's not that it's like... Not that it's not crafted to have a hook or anything. It's just, it's not hooking me. I don't know what, like, the idea of this antibiotic-resistant future, which is scarily actually yes. possible. Like, that no, it's, is... It's that's, incredibly plausible. That's one of the reasons this is so effective. Like, I, I, like the idea that, you know, riots and government control over medicine and all that, that, that is inherently interesting. I don't know. It, it just... I can't. I, I can't identify it. Like I don't know what it is. I think that this is. I think you should come back to this and uh, sort of reevaluate it in a week or two and see if you feel the same. Because I think this is. I mean, maybe it is trying to put a little bit too much into one issue, and I think that they would really have my attention with a little bit less stuff in here. Like I think it's a little. It's a. It's a little confusing. You know what, with all the flashbacks and just stories told out of sequence, I think it's a little messy. But all the source material is really compelling, and it's interesting to see fiction um, about these ideas. I mean, they—I don't know. The way I've heard it read is it's like a big war between, um, you know, like infections and and animals. Yeah. <laughs> you know that we're we're for the moment, sort of winning, but it's the kind of thing that it's almost like this is a very real thing. Mm-hmm. Unless we start doing incredibly smart things and figure some shit out, it's fascinating. I think maybe part of it is that the the out of sequence nature of it. Mm-hmm. I, don't... I just I don't like flashbacks, and I think it is in almost all situations a real hack thing to do. I don't think this book is written badly. I just think that it needs to be cleaned up some. I, I don't know. I, I feel like it could have just been told in chronological order. Yes, and, and I it, think it would, it would have be been better. It would have been fine. Yes. Um, 
I mean, even with all this stuff, like, here's a break, and here's, like, I, I don't know. I feel like if you're reading a comic book, you're going to read all the way to the end. You've already bought the damn book. You don't have to put, like, putting on a mask and... I'm Surgeon X. You don't have to start with that. I think Surgeon X is also not a good title. It's not amazing, though. I liked it more. Like, I was immediately turned off when I heard it's it's called Surgeon X, and she looks like a Mortal Kombat character in a parka. Like, what's that all about? Like, I was very turned off by that, but I think the actual content of the book is fun. I I just, I don't know. I've all, I, I, I enjoy... Uh, medical dramas as well. I don't necessarily seek them out, but I do find them compelling. Yeah. I I, I am a buy, maybe like a mushmere of one. Uh, I will read more of this and see how I feel. You know, I, I, I can recognize, like the the premise itself, like this, in you know, this, the, the, this kind of somewhat dystopian near future, like that is, it like already once makes me want to read this. So, and, you know, dialogue, the dialogue is good and the characters can be interesting. It's just, I, I feel like it is a little messy, but enough. It's not bad. It is still right. really, like, well done. Mm. So, buy Mushmir 1 to uh, represent my m- feelings. <laughs> Your feels. In my feelies. Your little fee-fees. Oh, are you waiting on me to say buy this book? Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm waiting on that. Okay. All the silence is going to be gone, so it won't mean anything. <laughs> You're ruining my jokes. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, I just said it though. What's wrong with you? Double, well, double buy. You buy this book. Damn it! I well, Eric, again. Remember the intro. Double buy. One half on the mush meter. <laughs> you remember the? I, I'm Robbie. <laughs> you remember the intro when it about the antagonizing? I hate your guts. <laughs> there you go. Uh, that's a double buy for Surgeon X number one with a motion meter of one of, of a point five one 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 decimal five. That's how you say that, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Next up is Josie and the Pussycats number one story by Marguerite Bennett and Cameron Dior Diordio. Is that is that a name? That, that is a name. I am doing my best. Art by Audrey Mock. Colors by Andre Simmons. Who Simon Simonovitz Simonovitz. Again, I'm sorry. I'm doing my best. <laughs> Lettering doesn't know, to, doesn't know how to talk. Talking's hard. Lettering by Jack Morelli. Uh, another in the slow cycle of Archie soft reboots. Did this book do anything for you? Yeah, it's okay. um, I, 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 I really do like kind of begrudgingly like this book. Like I think it does really have its problems. At the end of the day, it's just so cute. Like I can't even stand it. Like I, I don't know. I think it's adorable. You, you asked me that question. Like you have serious problems with it. Well, I don't know. What, see, I, I would hate to. I don't want to say this has serious problems because well, it. You, I said you have serious. Well, problems I have. Well, it. I mean, I do have serious problems, but not not necessarily with the comic. Okay. I don't. I don't really enjoy this comic book. It is very cute. I just don't, I, I don't know. It, it, maybe it's just this issue and that it takes, it's every, like, hey, see the band get together. And inherently, like, I'm tired of origin stories for, especially for established properties. Um, it is very cute. There's so many cats in this that I can't, uh oh, Eric just shared a photo with me. 
There's I know. Huh, there's there's animals. Not, there's cute animals in here. That's not a that's not a cute drawing. That's a, a horrifying drawing. I mean, it is, but you know, there's are cute animals in this book. There are, there are cute animals in this. Which I don't know. It just it doesn't seem. It doesn't really present me with anything like. There's nothing really much happens in this comic book. I I mean I don't know. It's I, they get together. They be they form a band. <laughs> which is the name of the comic like i don't it, it's already established there's going to be a band i would assume i don't know i really i i as far as i can remember about josie and the pussycats is it's about three characters who their whole the only thing about them is they're girls they wear weird costumes and they play music like that's their whole character and one of them's kind of dumb and one of them's black one of them's the black one <laughs> Like that's that's the concept that they came up with uh, at Archie Comics. Well, there's, and there's a story I, about the, how the the comic book came together originally, and then after. No, I skipped right the hell over that. It's 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 um, actually not that much more in depth than what you just said. <laughs> well, I I realize that I have read Archie Comics before. The the well, Josie is based on the uh, the Don Dan DiCarlo's wife, who's named Josette, a French model. Well, my whole point is they managed to inject a lot of character into these girls, and it is inherently more interesting to me. And I, I don't know. I just enjoyed reading this. I thought it was cute and it's fun. And I, I really liked Melody in this. I thought she was damned adorable. I liked how someone said the word dips, and she's like, you don't get to say that. That's our word. I thought that was a good joke. And I liked that she's using a dating app called TweetCute. That's a delightful little stealth pun there. I don't know, man. This book is good. What's your deal? I don't like good things. thought you knew that. I, I know. You want me to draw pentagrams on things? You really are just the devil. <laughs> well... Well, Eric, I, I, I was waiting for this moment. It's taken you a lot longer than I was expecting, but well. I have a deal for you. All I'll take it. All I'll it sell cost. my soul for a Formula One race car. Oh, uh, we're out of race cars. Oh, you bastard. <laughs> I don't know. Like, that's a, like, I don't know. It just doesn't do anything for me. I just could, could not find myself interested. It just felt like I was still reading, reading Archie for the most part. I have read a lot of Archie, and this is this is much better. Okay. I think the 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 dude who's supposed to be Mister Heartthrob at the end of the book is not very heartthrobby. I think his outfit is ugly. I don't like it. I like his shoes. But I don't like how that just makes you quiet. I don't have any. I don't have an opinion about the man's shoes. You don't have an opinion. Those are cool shoes. You should buy shoes like that. I should buy shoes like that. They look awesome. I have shoes like that. I've never seen them. They're dress shoes. Not really. A, that's like a... They're boots. That's a boot. I don't wear boots. and I wear my sneakers 98% of the time if I'm not wearing flip-flops. That's icky. Oh, oh, you had to say flip-flops. Oh, God. I lived in Florida, Eric. So do I. I, I still live in Florida, okay? You're not from Florida, though. I, what's your point? You would understand if you were from Florida. That's what it is. No. A, it's a Floridian thing. You would understand if you had standards. You're not white trash enough. I, that is impossible. <laughs> I have a, I, as you know, 
<laughs> I have a long white trash pedigree. Okay, here, here. This is my my official vote. I'm. This is not a bad comic book, but for me, I didn't. I did not enjoy it. I am a do not buy. But if you like your, if you are hear Eric's words and hear my voice and buy this comic. There you go. I'm a, I'm a do not buy, but it's not because the comic. I'm not saying it's a bad comic. It just does nothing for me. It's not for me. I do find that interesting, and I wish you could say more about that. And how do you take a whiskey neat to go? That's fucking illegal. You can't. They do not live. In, they live in Riverdale, not fucking New Orleans. You cannot drink on the fucking streets. Riverdale has open carry. You can you can drink on the street, didn't you know? They have marching I'm bands. Changing my vote on this book. What the hell? They have. They have marching bands that just go through the street of uh, Riverdale, don't you know? Yeah, you can, you can, you and Hannibal Burris can, uh, can, <laughs> can, can rent one. You can rent a band. Yeah. That's a split decision on Josie and the Pussycats, number one. Our, uh, final book of the week is Star Trek Waypoint, number one. With the, there's the, see, written, the, the, the main story written by Donnie Cates, art Mac Shader, colors Jason Lewis and D. Cunniff. Letters and World Designs. There's a backup written and drawn by Sandra Lons with letters by and World Designs. I was... This is a licensed comic book, Mr. Goodnight. Okay. It is. And I was... I'm... I And I, I was... I I follow Donnie Cates on Twitter. He is... Uh, he's a gem. And I was going, okay. So, and I knew his next generation era, roughly. Did he did he write the backup story too? Let me look he, at this. He did not. It was the so He did not. Okay. One uh one woman did art the art and the story. She did everything. I knew it was the next next generation story and I was going to give it a shot and I was like and I did not know if I was going to like it because I I don't know. It just seemed like a hard task. Mhm. I think it's an uphill battle to sell Star Trek, really. But I really enjoyed this comic. Good. I really liked. I, it. I I liked it too. Yeah. I I I think moving on from Picard as the captain, I like that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know how. Like, I feel like this is is this the status quo of this story? I guess it is. You know, we're not going to jump back and around with all these different time periods with all these characters. I assume it's going to be Jordy as a, as a captain with trying to figure out what happened to data and this weird time traveling thing. I, I don't know it. If you really think about it, of course, Star Trek would be uh, all those Star Treks, all the shows I've been like, Hey, here is one story in like an hour. So having a comic do the same thing, you know, makes sense. Mm-hmm. I've just never encountered one I've liked before. Uh, this is good. I really enjoyed this. I think focusing on characters that people really like. I, I don't know. People are pretty nuts for for Data. I like Data. Data's Data's pretty easy to like. Data's my favorite. He's he's kind of awesome in this too. And he he dies. And well, they're gonna they're gonna make new Data somehow. I don't know. It's pretty awesome. We had the technology. We can rebuild him. We can rebuild a robot. I like that. I like the the backup story is pretty cute too. Yeah. Except that thing is horrifying. <laughs> like that that like that part where like it it's like about to touch her or it touches her face and then it does that weird thing with its mouth and then she pets it. I would not do that. That looks terrifying. 
that that gives me Ajita just looking at that. But it's still a very cute backstory. No, I was way happier with this than I thought I was going to be. It's uh, it's very good. Yeah, I I don't. It's a I'm gonna say a good Star Trek comic book. Yeah, I didn't think that that was a possible thing. But it is. It's good. You should yeah. if you like Star Trek, you should buy this comic. And if you don't like Star Trek, what's wrong with you? I don't know that I I don't like Star Trek that much. Really? Yeah. Have you honestly. watched what have you watched? Uh like Have you seen a uh, little bit of uh whatever this Next Generation. What yeah, Next Generation, a, like a very little bit of that. Probably none of the original series, yeah. one of, like, Star Trek Two movie. You, I can't remember. You, There's not a lot of it. You, If you gave it more... Next Generation, like, after... Season one's rough, but, you know, it's a television show. Live season one's rough. Yeah. But you, season two, season on, those are really good television. And I... The, the intellectual nature of Star Trek, I think... If you watch enough of it, you the movies are not the movies in the television show might as well be different things entirely. Yeah, no, of course the movies are structured like action movies for the most part, except for like was it four one where they go back in time and save whales? Like that's most of them are straight up like fighting Klingons or the Borg or you know it's like they don't they're different characters. But if you watch Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, all those shows, they're it's a lot of character based stuff, you know, and a lot of philosophical kind of topics where it, the, right. the punching is in the the third act where everyone gets just punched until the problem is solved. It's a lot of like creative I think problems. I, I think I'm more worried about becoming a Star Trek guy than anything. You can, I, mean, I the, the th fact that I read Neil Stevenson books is already, a, that's enough. That's, I need, I need to tone it down. No, you, instead of having uh, Rick and Morty for the fourth time, put on next generation. Yeah. I've watched, all the Rick and Morty episodes way more than four times. <laughs> okay. I was, I was, that was a conservative estimate. I didn't know. No, you probably more like six or eight. I don't know. I've watched them a lot. I don't really, I, I don't know. You would, everything about you, Eric, that I know tells me you would like the original series is hit. No, it's a, not, it's not, a silly. It's thing. much campier. Yeah. The, but next generation, all in most of the shows after, like most, a lot of people say deep space, they prefer deep space nine, but in Voyager, like they like those, shows. some people like those shows. I'm always going to be next generation first, but, uh, I, everything about you tells me that you mm. will enjoy them. If you watch them there, they, yes, you like Neil Stevenson. There you go. Mm -hmm. Yes. I like, I like science fiction. It is, it is. I don't know. I like the Riker Googling Twitter. Yes, it is good. <laughs> or how about, have you read uh, Star Trek Next Generation Season 8 Twitter? No. It's just like the, ostensibly what would happen in the season after it ended. Yeah. It's really good. It's like Picard has to deal with a civilization that thinks eating people is a way to communicate with them. And then the B-plot, Data thinks his cat isn't happy. <laughs> That's really funny. Data does have a cat. I'd like, uh, it's like, the, God, this is, this, this has gone off the rails. Let's <laughs> yes. just check in. Okay. I was about to start talking about the, the Seinfeld Twitter. Let's go. God. <laughs> okay. Star Trek Waypoint, I, number one, is a double buy. Yeah. It's a, I, it's good Star Trek. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep reading this. 
I which I'm it's That's shocking utterly to surprising to me that I'm like, oh, yeah, I enjoy this enough that I would get excited for it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I, I I like Next Generation. It's really good. That's yeah. Ugh. <laughs> we can move on to our next segment. It is time for checking in. Checking in is the part of the show. Eric and I will talk about what we've been up to during the week. Uh, things we've seen, played, watched, done, all that stuff. Nerdy stuff, generally. I uh, wish I had had Luke Cage has been out for two days. I've not yet to watch it. I really I've want not to. watched episode one. There were rumors that that Netflix was going to be down this weekend. I think it it was in there was intermittent issues, but it I think it was mostly fine. I've seen way too many people talking about how they loved Luke yeah. Cage, so obviously and not a, not a lot of people complaining about how Netflix doesn't work. Yeah, so I. I hope to by next week have watched everything and have an opinion on it. I'm I'm excited. I've heard it. It's really good. So I'm can't wait. Uh, I I have played a video game, Eric. A video game. Yeah, I play them. That's impressive. I know. It is Deus Ex: Mankind Divided, the Just newest. Keep making Deus Ex games. They do indeed. Uh, it is the newest Deus Ex game. Have you played any of them? Mm, no. <laughs> I have one. I, you have I the, turned the, it on. You have the last one. I uh, either you or Brad got me a copy of it, and I like played through the tutorial, and I was like, okay, I'll play this again, and never turned it on again. It's a it's a fun kind of stealth action RPG. Mm-hmm. Uh, first person. It is a direct sequel to the last Deus Ex, which these the, these last two are connected. The ones previous to this were are not connected to this in a i forget if they actually did a full reboot if they just kind of did a soft like we moved the story over here to this thing but it is involved like at the end of the last uh video game bad things like it's in a future where people had begun to augment themselves with robotic parts that made them that were better than human parts like, you could have robot eyes and robot arms and robot legs, and you'd be stronger and faster and and could see better. Like, there's, you know, they are, for all intents and purposes, you'd make you a better at whatever you wanted to be. And then someone did something bad, and all the augmented people got taken over and went crazy. So now you're in a world where the augmented people are not trusted, and, you know, they use it as a very loose metaphor for racism. Mm-hmm. Which some people have criticized for making it like it. Yeah, there's a lot of this stuff that is like there's literally in this there's stuff that says Augs, Aug Live Matters. Oh, God. Yeah. Which that's, I, yeah, it's not great. I mean, I, I thank you for trying, but that's a swing and a miss. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how I feel. I'm like, yeah, you're I know what you're going for. But yeah, that that doesn't quite. Doesn't 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 quite hit the mark. But if you get not pa- quite doing it, <laughs> if you get past the awful like the very like dumbness of that it does have some really good stuff in it about being in the other in society like because you are a good guy you're a detective for interpol in this and you're trying to there's a bombing and you're trying to figure out what happened and there's like there's conspiracy and all kinds of stuff going on but you you as you're going through the story and you get stopped at like checkpoints and people will need to see your papers and it is effective in that way, making you feel like, oh, this is, this is terrible. And, you know, it's a small thing, but that was effective toward, to me. You know, like being like pers- minorly persecuted 
mm-hmm. in this world. Uh, but it's mostly you're like prowling around. You have, you can either, you can tackle problems through force because you can just get a gun and shoot everyone that's in your way, but it is not necessarily the best way to get through the story or even the, the most fun way to get through the story. But you're, you know, you're prowling around places. You're trying to avoid confrontation or you're knocking people out. You know, they have a pacifist run where you can complete the whole game without killing anyone. Uh, there's dialogue, you know, there's extensive dialogue where your your whatever you say actually does affect the story somewhat. Um, I don't know. It, it has a really fun kind of leveling up mechanic. It's a good game. It's very solid. Hmm. I I really enjoyed the, the last ASX. I don't think I enjoyed this one as much because they haven't really added, you know, it's it's a sequel, but it's not like they've revolutionized the gameplay. It feels very much like the same kind of gameplay, which is it's still mm. good, it's just not new, which a lot of people, I don't know. If if they did it one more time with another one that's just the same game, I'd be like, eh, "I don't really need to play this." I uh, like I the story is not so compelling that it is a lot of sneaking around, hacking into people's computers and reading their emails. That uh that's too much like my real life. It's just boring. <laughs> it's, you know, that that's the first thing I dumped all my stats into was hacking so I could get to everything. And, you know, it's fun. It's it's a fun game. But no, nothing, I've, I've, I've done other stuff, but nothing super interesting. But you, you're drawing rock stars. Uh, guitarists. Excuse me. They are rock no. stars, but all, you know, some guitarists are rock stars, but not all rock stars are guitarists. Yeah, you could probably put this a couple of different ways. Well, I mean, first and foremost, look at that. Uh, I just finished. Why was it removed? That was really dumb. Why did it do that? I saw Brian May. Oh, there. Why did it take it? Took it off of there. Oh yeah, there it is. Comic book page. I I finished my submission, and there's a screenshot for you to look at, Robbie. You people that are listening to this as a podcast can't see it. I'm glad I explained the internet to you. Um. It came out way better than I thought it was going to, very different than I originally imagined it, but I'm still really pleased with uh, what I've done, uh, what I was able to get get through in the in the timeline with those time constraints. I've submitted a smoke signal, and I guess we're going to see what happens. I mean, at the end of the day, it's something that I made that I'm really proud of. So, yeah, it's um, I feel really good about that. But without even a day off... I went straight into Inktober. I stayed up until 3.45. I was working at 3.45 and then drove halfway across town because I had to scan this giant page on the scanner at work because my scanner at home could not scan it, only because it's designed to not be truly flat. (laughs) So I drove half an hour to use the scanner at work. And it took me until almost 4 a.m. to uh, to do that. But I I sent this page in. I slept about four hours. I got up, went to the gym, and then drew prints in the afternoon uh, for Inktober. Yeah, Inktober. Inktober. Oh man. Night on guitar. Do we have? Just, do you I, have a full slate of which guitars you're going to do? I don't. I should probably make a list of who I'm going to do and what day. But I probably will not do that and just be like, who should I do today? Okay, I'll do that one. Like I, 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 uh, I'm, I'm going to start it off. I'm going to probably do a couple of, um, a couple of like more mainstream guys and try and I'm trying to do ones that people are 
theoretically going to buy. Mm-hmm. People are really re- people are really engaged by this. I even have my mother texting me and telling me she says you should do James Taylor when he's young. I'm like, thank you, mom. You're my, the my, cutest. I think my mother also votes for James Taylor when he was young. <laughs> does does she? <laughs> yes, she does. You make sure you show your mother when uh, when I do this. I don't think I'm friends with your mother on Facebook. Does she Facebook? She likes things on Facebook. That's my mom too. She she shares pictures and then likes her own pictures. She, my mom does not even get to the sharing pictures. She looks at my pictures and will give us give me a heart or something. Can I can I tell you about what my mother does sure. on Facebook? It's ridiculous. It's this is my time to to talk, right? Yeah. I can tell you about what a ridiculous and adorable human being my mother is. Sure. Because she is those things. She 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 aforementioned. Uh, shares pictures, right? Mm-hmm. And then likes her own pictures. And I see her do this, and I called her about it one day, and I was like, why did you like your own picture? And she's, I I knew she was going to say this before she said it. I don't even know why I asked, because her answer was, I do like it. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, Mom, you're, you're very silly. I mean, there is, it's, aside from her very earnest... <laughs> <laughs> reason no, she's, that liking she's your own a, picture is actually a way for other people to more people to see it if you want people to, to see your she, stuff i guarantee you she did not think of that i, I realize but uh it's like actually I, has I a real ex- I, I can't explain what an algorithm is to my mom no i understand i can i cannot um yeah. the other thing she does is she posts hundreds of pictures of other people's children and then tags me in them <laughs> which you have noticed this. i have noticed like, this i'm just randomly old... eric's eric goodnight tagged in a picture mm-hmm. of four children that i don't know who they are I, are they related to him i'm not sure yeah i um i have i have started putting the kibosh on that and untagging myself but i make sure and like them all so she gets those internet points and she can feel happy. <laughs> her old students also find her. She was an elementary school teacher for like 30 years or something. And her old students find her and like post heartfelt messages on her wall. Mm-hmm. And I have watched her read them and be like, I'm not going to talk to them. <laughs> she wouldn't even, she didn't even, she didn't even react. She didn't even push the like button. She did. Some students like, oh, I just, it's so good to see you, Miss Goodnight. I, I thought you might be dead, and I love you, and you helped me so much in my life, and you were such a positive force, and nothing. <laughs> no reply at all. She's just like, I am not talking to that person. <laughs> anyway, I find my mother's Facebook shenanigans hilarious. It's it 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 always puts a little spring in my step. Oh God! But yes, even even she has fallen prey to this Inktober project. It's telling me to draw stuff. So just just so everyone knows, probably by the time this is posted, I will have finished either Jimmy Page or George Harrison. I'm not sure. I'm not sure who I'm going to start with, but I'm going to try and do one tonight to post tomorrow try and stay ahead of the curve because it's hard to do one a day during the work week you've done prince and uh brian may brian of may queen stuff. yes the the guy who built the red special with his own hands and his dad's hands he built his own guitar he did out of a fireplace he, he did 
and the tremolo bar is a kickstand off of a bike. I really like Brian May. He's a cool guy. Is he is one of the probably the ten coolest people on the planet, in my opinion. Mm, top ten. Yeah, top ten, top ten coolest people on the planet, living. Um, the buried people don't count. No, they're not on the planet anymore. That's right. They're in the Thanosphere. They're inside the planet now. I guess. I mean, they are. You say so. When you're in the subway in New York City, you're also inside the planet. This is stupid. <laughs> Checking in over. You ready to talk about Marvels? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. Yeah. The enthusiasm. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Wah. Some, some Wario noises. Random. Wah. Next up, we can move on to our final segment. It is time for Nerd Boy Book Club. Nerd Boy Book Club is the part of the show where Eric and I will assign a longer collected work and discuss it in depth like you would a book club, except it's a comic book. This week, we are doing Marvels by Kurt Busiek and Alex Ross, a Eisner Award-winning comic book from 1994. I find that so hard to believe. What, that it won an Eisner? Yeah. I mean... It, it won, I... won three no, yeah, no, three Eisners, yeah. I, uh, I, I struggle to see what is award winning about I, okay, this. Th- I expected this reaction from you, Eric. Yeah. So I, I had even thought about this. So I was like, okay. You had to, you had to head me off at the pass. So right? I, I thought about this. So, okay. It won for best finite series. It won for mm-hmm. best painter for Alex Ross. And it won for best publication design for Comic Craft. So that is, that's more of a slightly like more obscure kind of. So it went, it won for the typography, which is, t- to be fair, really nice looking comic craft. I spent $40 on a comic craft font this weekend, so. You understand that, at least. I, I do. No, I bought the Marion Churchland comic craft font. So we're going to travel back in time to 1994, where, what were the most popular comics in 1994? Uh, it was grody 90s comics. Yeah. For the most part, Gert, I mean, it did. Know. It. I mean, that's when did um, Kingdom Come happen? Two years after this, that Kingdom is a yeah. direct lineage from this. Alex Ross did Kingdom Come because of this comic, basically. Yeah, which makes perfect sense. And I imagine I didn't realize this is quite as old as it is, but this does seem like this was. I don't know. Knowing that it came in in that point that i could see how this was a big deal yes in 1994 I still don't enjoy it yeah i again i feel like a lot of things after like the way comics went have kind of made this comic book a, a little bit outdated and unnecessary mm. at this point but in 1994 okay you get you know it's the full-on rob the the young guns or whatever they were called at the time basically controlling and influencing all of popular superhero comics you know like everything that wasn't them was trying to be them and 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 kurt busick runs off and writes pepperidge farm remembers <laughs> basically it's and i could easily see how this and this made alex ross he was not po- he was not yeah. well known before this this is the thing I, that's put him on the map yes i i figured that that was the case and I could see how that would be. I mean, this is certainly like, kind of like the shareware version of Kingdom Come. I I get that. If if you're in 1994 and you're an Eisner voter, 
mm-hmm. and you like. I'm sure this blew people's minds. And you're like, wow, look at it's a like this, like Rockwell painting. Mm-hmm. Like it, it looks, you know, it it's practiced and not ridiculous like a Rob Liefeld drawing. Well, I'm sure they did. They probably didn't think it was. I wonder if they thought it was ridiculous. What Rob Liefeld? Yeah, the the no the the Eisners. Oh, the the whoever whatever the committee is. If they thought this was ridiculous, for what it's worth, I'm not saying this is ridiculous. I, I I'm saying Liefeld. Alex, Alex Alex Ross is not worthy to carry Norman Rockwell's shoes. Okay, I'm not. I'm just saying it is clearly a look. It is a painted. I no, I get it. And this book in particular. Is certainly very like, hey, slice of American life. Let's mm-hmm. a- eat some apple pie and talk about Captain America. <laughs> Be sure and say the word darkies. <laughs> it's yeah, it doesn't. Thankfully, it never gets yeah. quite to that point. But it is the first kind of book actually that was nostalgia porn. Mm-hmm. This is. Like the '80s and DC, like DC reboots their universe. You know, we get the birth of those the grim, dark comics with mm-hmm. all those artists and their art style, and then you get this book, which is about hey, a norm like this normal quote unquote everyman experiencing the heyday of Golden Age and Silver Age comics with this at the time completely new like painted art. You know, Alex Ross is now he went on works. He did all all those covers for Kurt Busiek's Astro, Astro City is a, also in direct lineage of this comic. Kurt Busiek went on like, well, I can do a comic similar to this. Uh, I think Astro City is much better. Mm. Um, but it was a thing completely unique at the time when all of comics in the mid 90s were about moving forward at the speed of light. Mm. And this is look, like, let's talk about the human torch and Namor. The birth of the superhero. It's really weird that Namor's nude in this. Yeah, why? I I thought he always wore little pants. Yeah. Was he naked in some Golden Age comics? They, they call they they're called sea panties. <laughs> Excuse me, I apologize for my error. You, sh- you should you should apologize. I I don't it 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 seems to it is hard to go back and read this now. Mm. because we've gotten past this, I think. Yeah. The 90s are gone, and the 2000s. You know, the comic books, superheroes crashed, came back. Now they're, you know, another high point in sales, Mm -hmm. for sure. Uh, And I think, as a whole, the culture has moved past, certainly, that everything has to be dark and violent. There's, I mean, there's always going to be comics that are dark and violent, but there's certainly enough of them that are just... You know, uh, recapturing the kind of at least the the feelings of what Silver Age comics were doing. You know, of heroes being heroes and triumphing, and you know, beating over, taking evil, and 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 not necessarily just concentrating on extreme stuff. Mm-hmm. So when you it, I don't know. One, the dialogue is presented. As if it was written like a lot in ways like it's a Silver Age or Golden Age comic, which is still hard to read. Mm-hmm. The the Gadzooks and the, <laughs> the whatevers. I don't know. It it's it's a weird affectation. 
And I think it wouldn't seem so strange if it just had, like, we, we read comics that are set in this time period that don't have people talking like they're in an Archie comic. Old style Archie. But this is written like, like, they just took the dialogue straight from a Stan Lee Fantastic Four comic. Which I think actually he did in some cases. He took, like, there's a lot of moments in this where they are taken directly from the comic books and just in a different perspective. I was going to say, when's the last time you've read a Stan Lee comic? The last time? They are, they are capital B bad. It, it, he's, it depends. I, I, I have, there's some, like, his X-Men is particularly rough, Stan Lee's. Mm. I actually, I really enjoy his Silver Surfer. I think so. His Silver Surfer. That's the I, I. Those. That's one of the things I'm the most familiar with. Is I've really bought some and read them, and I'm like, this is really bad. I don't know. I always enjoyed it's, it. I just it, it's it's it's, it's, it's silly. silly. I don't know. It's okay. It is. They're all silly to a certain mm-hmm. point. I mean, fan, the Fantastic Four stuff is probably the strongest of it. Uh, particularly the stuff with Ben Grimm, mm-hmm. um, and, and the, his struggle at being a, a monster. But, you know, Stanley is being a writer was like half of his job. The, the other half was being like a publicity, like a uh, agent. Like there's a lot of people who, you know, I completely agree that Jack Kirby does never, never gets enough credit. He will never get enough credit for cr- helping create Marvel basically from with Stanley. But I, I think there's been a backlash in at least the comic book fans in the know who are like mm-hmm. against Stan Lee. Like I, you know, obviously he loves being in the spotlight, you know, his cameos in the movies are very well known at this point, but in the early days, he was the biggest voice, make mine Marvel, Excelsior, all that stuff. It was a direct challenge to DC, which was a, that over DC owned the marketplace for the most part. And with, I don't, think without Stan Lee's boisterousness without that big voice that yeah it would not Marvel would not have made a dent and become I, half, yes. half the industry well more than half more really than, yeah currently well so are you saying that um that Jim Lee needs to start saying a bunch of dumb shit no i don't think so i think image is actually at this point doing what Stan Lee was doing at the time like if you listen, to, you go to their image expos and you listen to their like state of the union or whatever, you know, their addresses, they are very much, it's just that there's so many voices nowadays. It's impossible to make the same impact in mm-hmm. a, a, an industry. Uh, I, I don't know. It, it, this feels old. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is. And yeah. <laughs> I, 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 does that does the appeal of the nostalgia of that time period do anything for you? I find it interesting, particularly the um, the first bits, because it's you think about Marvel in the '30s. That's well, yeah, a pretty fascinating thing. It wasn't even Marvel technically. It was yeah, like I mean, precursor but, like, exactly timely, timely comics. But, like, that is an interesting thing to me. Um, there's things about this that's fun and things that are interesting, but it's just largely not great. I I, I don't know. Like I think that you know, the the ending is a letdown. All the the whole frame story that it it's in is not all that compelling. I mean, it's fine. I I I got to the end of it and I was like, well, that's 
That just ends, doesn't it? Well, you know, it is the clear allegory of look how innocent it was. And then mm-hmm. now we have Gwen Stacy dying, you know, and mm-hmm. Spider-Man's a villain. Like it, you know, it, it's trying to make that arc of, I, you know, tell the story of like a, not he's, you know, the every man that the, the photographer, uh, what's his name again? Sheldon, something, Sheldon, something Sheldon. I can't remember his name because he's made to be Phil, Phil, Phil Sheldon. You know, it's a clear very much like, hey, this is like, hey, if you're a reader of comics and you first in, you read superhero comics for the first time and it's you have this honeymoon period where everything is, you know, everything is new and wonderful. And look at these amazing things these people are doing. And then, you know, as it's, you know, referencing the the way that comic books got darker and the way that we moved away from the golden age away from these heroes being heroes and being so powerful and being amazing. It became more of Gwen Stacy getting killed and, you know, and and Spider-Man being, you know, a villain and like the, the darker side become coming to the forefront, which is, you know, a lot Mm -hmm. of people say that the, the, the death of Gwen Stacy is the end of the silver age. That's the, the kind of, a lot of people put that as the demarcation line. I don't, it's just not, I don't know. I, I feel like Kingdom Come is more nuanced than this, but it's still, this is that, and that's not, I don't feel like that is nuanced as, as, as it can, as it should be like, and this is because it's less nuanced. It doesn't make the impact today as it did in 1994. I think if I read this in 1994, I would have really liked it. Mm-hmm. If like you would, if I was a thirty-year-old dude with basically the same attitude, I would have thought this is probably a, a drink of water in the desert. Yeah, much like the Sandman or Preacher were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it you know it it's like a call to a simpler time in the era of what's things what's make things as complicated as possible, and it it. What do you think its intent was to make it our make like the thing I real the most I think I think I took away from this most is the weird the weird placement of the X Men in the Marvel universe. Yeah, I think I get it, but it uh, kind of explain a little bit what you mean. Well, I mean, like he talks about how oh yeah, the Avengers we love the Avengers we love mm-hmm. Captain America and he does and they touch upon it from time to time about how yeah we they save us and then we hate them and then we they save us again and we love them and you know like the back and forth nature but it's much more insidious when he starts when they get to the X Men and they're mm-hmm. like they're hidden they're hidden they're the next evolution and like it just makes me call into question like yeah why do people hate the X Men so much more than they hate the the other meta humans. You know, why do they hate Cyclops when, and they don't hate Iron Man? Like, what's, like, I mean, obviously the X-Men is kind of a metaphor for mm-hmm. whatever kind of, seg- like, prejudice and, and segregation you want to use, race or, or sexual orientation or numerous other uses of the other. But it, when you focus on it too long in the context of the Marvel universe as a whole, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Eh, why, why do people hate Muslims? Because they have I beam powers. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. Yeah. 
I forgot that the Quran gave you I beam powers. I mean eye punches. And and snowballs. The Quran doesn't the Quran doesn't work like that, Robbie. And snowball powers. Bobby. Mm-hmm. With snowball po- with snowman. The snowman look for Bobby. Yep. The snowman look for Bobby. <laughs> you think he would like he did. He did put a carrot on his face at one point. They, didn't they? yes, they did do that gag. They did. Yeah. They certainly did. Hey, this is funny. He's he he already looks like a snowman. Let's for Christmas. Let's decorate him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think my I don't know. I it's hard to look back at this with like trying to keep it in perspective. Um, like I would say, uh, the um. Uh, New Frontier is in the same vein as this, honestly. It just has Darwin Cook's Darwin Cook's art. Yeah. <laughs> that is I I I think for both of us much more mm. appealing. It's true. I I I said it at the time that I would take Darwin Cook over uh, Alex Ross 8 days a week. Timely Beatles reference for our intro. Mhm. But if I if I was doing a reference to Led Zeppelin, I would say, I'll, I'll, I'll take it, my sweet Satan. <laughs> we'll do that next week. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I, I, I just try and think. Would did you, you per- see the? Did you see the Don Knotts cameo in this book? It's really important. There's also, a, there's also a B. Arthur. I don't know if you noticed B. Arthur. I did. I, I thought it was B. Arthur. This was at the party where yes. Tony Stark was at. Yeah. yeah. It looked, it looked a lot like B. Arthur. But that's a hundred percent Don Knotts. Yeah, there's. It's not. He's not how much, hiding. How much Andy Griffith do you think Alex Ross uh, uh, watches now? Yeah, I don't think he does. I I, I bet he does. Do you? Okay, I'm going to give you a choice, mm-hmm. Eric. You get Jim Lee from 1994. You get Alex Ross in 1994. What do you take? Oh, absolutely, 100 percent Alex Ross. <laughs> I was I was more on board back then. Okay. I mean, you'll remember from our discussion about um, Kingdom Come, Kingdom Come, how into it I was. That I think I actually liked it more than Watchmen when I read it. I might have recognized that one was better than the other, but like I, I was I was definitely more into this than I was that kind of stuff in the nineties. I was not. I I don't know. I I started reading manga for a reason, and it's because American comics were they just weren't doing it for me. I don't like the main character. Yeah. I I mean, there's nothing like terrible about him. He's I I, I yeah, but there's nothing interesting. I don't. No, I I mean, what's so interesting about the guy from Kingdom Come? He's boring as he can be. I I, I feel like a lot of the interest in Kingdom Come is the fact that it is taking these old nostalgic characters, but then putting them in a new story and kind of more direct opposition to the new. Like that is a a much clearer kind of like. Metaphor. It's just like, hey, you remember those really those heroes from the golden age? Now they're f- directly fighting the guy that's dressed like a the S and M guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's there's no like allegory. There's no waxing poetic. You know, th- this book does a lot of look at these marvels. Look at these these gods that are now flying above us. Any any any. I don't know the the the. The main character, Phil Sheldon, he talks a lot about, like, 
the thoughts of putting the genie back in the bottle mm. about oh all these guys they'll they, they'll show up and then they'll go away again you know and i there's a lot of stuff in here that is just very thinly like hey, it's about comic books you know once you start doing something in fiction that's successful and that it's different you're not going to undo that you know people are going to build on it it's going to take like with the changes of from from the golden age to the silver age to the death of Gwen Stacy like you know and death in comic books in general like i don't the the way Gwen Stacy died was i i think rather impactful at the time yeah but if i if that happened today i don't know i i we are pretty i don't know i'm pretty apathetic about a lot of deaths in the fact that they're usually just clearly they it it feels almost always now when a hero dies, much like in the recent Civil War, where if they die, it is clearly just like, we wanted to make this seem serious. Yeah. Kill fucking Rhodey. <laughs> like, it, it never feels like this death clearly benefits the story and makes perfect sense in this story. It is usually just like, no, we need to add some gravitas to a moment, so mm-hmm. we're going to add some deaths. And who is, who is um, expendable? It's editorial. It seems to just make a clear vision of the 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 births and deaths of characters and stuff like that. And at this point, a death is honestly not even. It's not like the most dramatic thing that could change a character. Like Thor losing his hammer and Jane Foster becoming Thor. That change is much more interesting to me than someone dying. Yeah. I said, I, the other thing I found interesting in this was Luke Cage, him showing up. It was a weird moment. I I I don't know. I kind of didn't know what to make of it. It I mean, it also this book also paints a very clear picture of what comic books look like for this time period, which is almost all white. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly Luke Cage shows up, and hey, it's a black guy. That's right. They didn't exist in comic books for a long time. Yeah, that's true. You can put naked dudes in, but not not black people. I also think that as a whole, comic books have adapted this perspective. Do you know what I mean? No. Like a ground you mean... ground level mm-hmm. every man perspective. You know, it large the people who are I mean and 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 even in Marvel in particular, Marvel comics have always been about these are normal people. Suddenly they have very – these crazy powers, you know, and they are, are flawed people who – men becomes gods. Like, that's like the, the Marvel thing and then gods mm-hmm. become men. That's the DC thing. But I, that's – I feel like this is – this book seems like it would fit much better in DC. Yeah. Maybe that's why Kingdom Come feels better. It makes a lot more sense, I think. I, I just, I always, when I think of Marvel characters, I'm always thinking of these deeply flawed human people, for the most part. And, and even, and as we've gone on, obviously they've, it has become, I mean, DC now does that, for the most part, for the most of their characters. They don't, they rarely have the classic DC perspective anymore. It is much more like, hey, flawed characters with powers. And flawed people with powers. And, you know, it 
is a very accessible point for any new reader and relatable. Like Miss Marvel, you think of like Miss Marvel, the success that they've had in creating her. She is a, a kind of that she is an everyman for a lot of, in a lot of ways, just like mm-hmm. another teenager, like that Spider-Man, that Peter Parker story again of like, Hey, just another like nerdy kid who gets powers and wants to be, wants to do good. And they've kind of, I mean, a basis of a lot of their characters are that kind of the relatable everyman. And when you have an even more vanilla everyman <laughs> in your story, it doesn't do a bunch. Like, yeah, I think that's maybe that's the thing I see. They call it Marvels and they're so spectacular, but that's not our perspective on these on here, our heroes. And I know that this is painting that perspective for us. But I don't find them that I, I, I particular, I mostly enjoy that relatable, low level hero kind of perspective. Like certainly there are some characters that, that, I mean, like Reed Richards, he's a super genius. You can't, it, he's not necessarily, he's relatable because he loves his family. Or Tony Stark, he's a rich billionaire, but he's relatable because, you know, he's, a, he's alcoholic or because mm-hmm. he's a womanizer because of his flaws. Or, 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 you know, Bruce Banner because of his anger, his un, un, inability to control himself. And, you know, there are those odd characters like Doctor Strange or the Silver Surfer where they are almost all powerful. And I think that's the reason that until very recently, honestly, they've not necessarily had a lot of continuing success in the Marvel Universe. So when you have a book called Marvels and they're like, look at these amazing characters that are totally unrelatable i'm like no i relate pretty well to a lot of them it's kind of presenting me with a viewpoint that at its inherent level i can't uh understand it's a lot weird wordier too than i would expect i didn't it didn't really strike me as being overly wordy so i think it's interesting you say that i don't know i i i i had never read this i'd only had the general impression of it and I always expected, like, mostly just, hey, look at Alex Ross's art with some words of that guy going, wow. Or, <laughs> you know, that, <laughs> the, of, of Sheldon is going like, man, what a great picture. And taking a picture and then him arguing with J. Jonah Jameson or whatever. And then back again to seeing giant, giant man walking across things, whatever. Giant man's crotch. Yep. Yeah. This is going to really put me on the map. <laughs> I th- That's some giant dong there, sweetheart. <laughs> they're in a Coen Brothers movie. Yeah. It does feel like they're kind of in that parody of the of the time period in it like that mm-hmm. the Coen Brothers have done. Which I mean is accurate to the comics of that time period, I would say, for the most part. I just nece- don't necessarily want to read that. Right. I'd be interested to see to look back at Eisner winners over the years and see which ones have aged the best. So Really good point. Because I don't think this is alone in that I, I feel like the Eisner, much like everything, is very much a, a product of that specific time. And you could say, like, sometimes them voting for specific things to win are a reaction. You know, this is clearly I feel like this is definitely this winning an Eisner was a reaction to a rejection of the new comic books. Did you know that they did a sequel, a sort of sequel to this that was written by Warren Ellis? Really? It it was a 
a like a dystopian version of this called Ruins. It's out of print. I really want it. I've never read it. I'm really interested in it. That's really truly interesting. It was did not do well, I believe. It was also painted. Not yeah. By, not by Alex Ross, but is really weird looking. God found dead in space. That sounds like something Warren Ellis would write. <laughs> it, it really, really does. I mean, that's uh, the authority is basically that's what that kind of is. They kill God. <laughs> I'm reading a tweet from Warren Ellis. Good morning. There is no God. No one really loves anyone, and you're going to die soon. Have a great Thursday. <laughs> yeah. Wish he had. I wish he had used an exclamation point. Um. I don't know. Anything else? You have anything you want to say, Eric? No. Any I'm, thoughts? I'm pretty well good. Was it okay? Did it bore you? I'll ask you that. I don't know if bore is the word. Like I read it and didn't feel like I was going to fall asleep at any point. It was just kind of a meh. Yeah, it did bore me intellectually. Well, I mean, if that's if that's your definition of bore me, then yes, it bored me. Yeah, I do not necessarily mean boring. Like it puts you to sleep. I'm yeah. I I mean boring as if like you could let it go at any moment and not care. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> okay. All right. That's... 100% it did that. Okay. I could have never read this and been fine. There was no part of this that was necessary. I actually am glad I read it because okay. it it is uh it won an Eisner. It is actually still well, you know, cons- like I it, our criticism is not isolated. You know, people re- go no, looking back, looking back and reading this. It is obviously like a lot of comic books and like a lot of art is a product of its time and it is a, re- a rejection of those, you know, those 90s comics kind of ideals. But yeah, I, I don't have a problem that it exists, but it, it did not add value to my life to read it. Yeah. But I, I'm, I feel like it's not very long and I, you know, I, I feel like it is a comic that, honestly, I would like to read like every Eisner Award-winning comic at some point in my life. I think that's uh, that's a good project. But uh, it just to get an idea of what the award meant and what this industry like, how the comic books works from year to year and from decade to decade, generation to generation. Uh, but it's not. It's yeah. It's not like. I, again, I would say, like, in 1994, I would have gone like, wow, look at this thing. God, this is amazing. But now it's just like, well, yeah, it's, it's, it's fine, but everything, everything it says has kind of been built on and done over, done more, done more with. Mm. Like, speaking, like, talking about New Frontier, I think New Frontier does a, uh, a, 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 like, of all these comics that, like, those three are the ones that come to mind, this and Kingdom Come and New Frontier. Like the nostalgia kind of books, I think New Frontier is the best of those. Uh, a large part of that is because Darwin Cook's art is so good. But it, so that's almost all of it. Yes, I don't. Know, I I feel like the 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 writing is it's not terrible. That's not terrible, and it it I think the weird thing about these comics in I think the best way to like show why. That era, what typified that era, that spirit of heroism is good, is just having a good story about a hero and not necessarily like direct confrontation or allegory about new era versus old era, which I think is what we're, where we're at, you know, 
with modern superhero comics. I think we're in a good place. Do you agree with me, Eric? No, I hate comics. Okay, good. I just wanted to make sure it was still strong. Mm-hmm. So, folks, that was Marvel's Kurt Busick and Alex Ross. Next week, we'll be reading the recent run of uh, The Omega Men by Tom King and Barnaby Bagenda? That's quite a name. It's like a superhero name. It's alliterative. Um, but we're going to... The New York Times best-selling Omega Men. Not DC best-selling. No. No, but New York Times bestselling. We'll be reading that next week, 12 issues, uh, in its entirety. So I hope you guys read along, uh, join the discussion with us. I think that'll do it for us today. We got the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. You can find us at handsomeboyscomicshour.com. Links to our Facebook, facebook.com slash handsomeboyscomicshour, Twitter at hbchour. And you can email us at handsomeboyscomics at gmail.com. Um, if you like the show, please give us a review uh, on iTunes, give us five stars, subscribe, all that good stuff really helps us out, helps new people find the show. We really appreciate it. But what if I don't know what to write? You just say, Robbie and Eric are truly handsome boys, and they know comics. Well, that is true. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't have to be profound. It just has to be a nice little honest statement. It's true. doesn't have to blow anyone's mind. No. You can find me on Twitter at MixmasterShiro. That's M-I-X- M-A-S-T-E-R-C-E-R-E-A-L. Eric, where can they find you and your things online? Well, you can see my portfolio by going to freewillunlimited.com. That includes my new poster store, freewillunlimited.com. Uh, you can also see most of the things I get up to online by going to ericzgoodnight.com. That includes my Instagram, easygoodnight, and my Twitter where I'm at MrBadExample, spelled M-R-BadExample. With that, folks, we'll call it a day. Have a good one. Rock and roll.